Etan Anwar is a professor of religious studies at Hobart and William Smith Colleges in Geneva, New York. She teaches classes on Islam, gender, and comparative ethics, and she's the author of A Genealogy of Islamic Feminism, Pattern and Change in Indonesia from 2018, and Gender and Self in Islam from 2006. She's published articles in various journals, including Islamic Studies and Islam and Christian-Muslim Relations. She's been featured in a TV documentary called Muslim Women in Our Midst, The Path to Understanding, in conjunction with America at the Crossroads, 2006. She's the co-founder of the One-on-One -on -one Fellowship, a network for youth which promotes understanding with conscience for social justice, cultural exchange, and creative collaboration. She's also the founder of the Islamic fashion website, modish.xyz. I had the chance to sit down with Etan to discuss her CTI project entitled Contesting Islamic Violence, the Political Theology of Feminist Resistance. Etan Anwar, thanks for being here on the podcast today. And just to start us out, I'd like to ask you about your how you initially got interested in, in the study of religion and specifically in the study of Islam as a scholar. If you could tell me that story. I, I studied Islam initially in Islamic boarding school. Hmm. In Indonesia, we call it pesantren. There are so many pesantren. There are more than 100,000 institutions hmm. that offer Islamic education in Indonesia. Um, but about what age were you when you entered that school? I was probably 17. My mom forced me. Thanks, mom. Um, I started as a student in, in public school, but uh, if we recall, in 1979, there was an Iranian revolution, and the impact of it was felt in Indonesia. Many more Muslims attempted to educate their children through Islamic institutions, including Pesantren. So I went to Pesantren when I was only 17. Um, from that moment and on, um, I, I learned Islam as a subject matter. I lived in, in the dorm and I learned Islam during the day. Uh, that is uh, the beginning of my interest in Islam. And how did you uh, then move on to becoming a scholar of it and, and entering graduate school and so on? I, I wanted to become a psychologist, but I didn't do it because I was accepted in, 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 in Islamic studies. My major was comparative religion, and, and, and that major was, was very, very important in shaping my understanding of Islam because when I was a student in high school, I look at Islam in terms of faith, but when I studied in, in my uh, major comparative religion, I learned Islam in terms of a subject matter, and you know, faith and Islam as faith and Islam as, as, as a subject matter, uh, both approaches are very, very different in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So, it's, so by, by the time I was in the university, I was able to question what is Islam? Um, now I can uh, I can add the sophistication uh, for it. Um, before I was asking what is Islam and what does Islam say about X about things, but now I was asking how would Islam respond. Mm -hmm. So that that's very different question because the first is more dogmatic, more doctrinal. The second is more inquisitive. 
um, after after my education in Islamic uh, State Institute for Islamic Studies, uh, I studied for four years. I went to McGill, and I would say that my experience at McGill um, was very transformative. For the first time, I learned how to become a scholar at 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 the world level, not just in in Indonesia. We so now my approach to Islamic studies is 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 different from my approach to to Islam in Indonesia. Yes. Did that create a kind of challenge for for yourself to sort of move in both of those worlds, the world of kind of scholarship? academic, looking at religion from the outside to some extent, as opposed to from the inside? Yeah, def- definitely. Um, uh, the, the outsider-insider debate uh, in approaching religion are there all the time. And and yes, I can dance between pos- two positions because I would ask what would Muslims think and what would scholars, outside scholars, think. So that's two, two different approaches. But in my opinion, uh, the outsider, the, the the outsider, has to bridge the knowledge between the insider and the outsider's view. So now I think I I, I do that role, bridging the, the 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 outsider and insider worldviews. And you teach at Hobart and William Smith Colleges in in New York State, and so maybe you could speak. Is that how you approach your teaching as well to help induct students, undergraduate uh, students, into that way of thinking? Or? Right, most most students uh, uh, in at Hobart come uh, with with many religious backgrounds, uh, so they are not monolithic. And when I teach Islam, I want them to know Islam from an outs- from an insider perspective. They need to bridge the understanding of the insider and the outsider. So yes, when I teach, I want it, I, I want the, I want them to understand Islam from an in, insider perspective. At the same time, I always start with with uh, with uh, the outsider perspective, and then move into what would I what insider say about Islam. So tell me a bit about the project you've been working on here at CTI. We're doing this workshop on religion and violence, and you've made an important contribution to that. Tell me about your project. Yeah. My project right now questions the Western perception of Muslims as violent people. I uh, specifically uh, want to address why, how such perception emerge, what sites allow for the perception of Muslims as violent people to flourish within the U.S. context. Um, For the longest while I'm here, (laughs) I've been debating the theme itself. Um, as of now, uh, the title of my work is going to be on Let's Pray They Are Not Muslims, Debunking Myth and Fostering Hope. So that's that the title of my work. Um, it, the, the, the story began when it was September 11. My best friend from McGill called me and she said to me, turn on your TV and I turned on the television and I saw the whole you know, situation on September 11 that day. It was difficult to watch. And my friend said to me, let's pray they are not Muslims. 
of course later during the day we knew that they were Muslims. So this this project is a rem- reminder of what Muslims did, radical Muslim did, and we see this again and again. And in my opinion, Muslims need to own it that yes, there is problem with Muslims, with the followers, not all, it's small, but still, uh, how, how would Muslim communities, Muslim scholars address violence by Muslims? Yeah, that's a difficult topic, uh, and it's important for us all, in various religions, of course, uh, every religion has some um, violence, of course, and it's something we've been trying to deal with. And as we've had this inquiry, of course, it seems like every weekend there's been some kind of uh, terrible um, attack coming from various groups. One of the questions I've asked on this this sort of season of the podcast is a broader question about religion and violence. And how do you, as a scholar of religion, think, and a scholar of Islam, think about, uh, you've already spoke to this to an extent, but how do you think about this question of religion and its connection to violence, if any? Well, again, the, the word, you know, religion itself is, is very Western, and, and we are basically asking um, the rest of the world to to define religion in Western term. Um, I don't know if we think differently about mm. about the word whether it needs to be religion or maybe something else. Um, if we if we agree on the, the the word the word religion, then we we can start address which part which aspect of religion. When I ask that question, in my opinion, it is very one-sided because we know there are factors that contribute to violence. Mm-hmm. The political instability, the economic competition, the social cohesion. So there are so many factors that contribute to violence. But if you were to address the question of violence from a religious perspective, then it the the question is how in about islam itself how would islam address violence which which parts of the islamic teaching are to be investigated and is that part of what you try to do in your own work if 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 there was you know policymakers who you had um, they were willing to listen to you what would be some would that be one of the main things you'd want to convey to them about the role of religion in society today yeah, I would, I would, I would, I would start with, um, with not the teaching, with the politics of location. <laughs> we need, we need to look at the politics of location. We need to look at play, pay, players that would be able to bridge and mm. manage conflicts. Mm. Religion itself, including Islamic teachings, could be static the people who do it, the people who, who, the people who are doing either, or doing or promoting peace or violence. So, so it, it, becomes, it becomes human agency, in my opinion. It becomes about an individual authority rather than the religion itself because, because individual innate religious values, it, it is individualized. So if, if if you ask me, is there any Islamic violence? Yes, insofar as it is meaningful to the individual, 
who engages in violence. Mm. And they connect their, insofar as somebody connects their religious beliefs to their actions that are violent kind of thing. Right, yeah. right. So, yeah. so, 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 yes, we have to address the question of religious violence uh, within, within the context in which violence emerge, within the sites of the violence itself. And is it connected to international um, terrorism, international cell, cell groups, international network? Yes. But again, there is always this, this politics of location that would allow for this individual to radicalize. So it is not, it is not independently developing. Sure. There's a broader context in which these are all sorts of causal factors uh, involved, yeah. from poverty to inequality to colonialism and so on and so forth. A final question, I guess, would be, you know, we've been in this project uh, for about four months now uh, with you in residence at CTI with several other scholars. Um, and I'd be interested in, you know, things you've gleaned from that conversation we've had and how your po project has evolved over the last four months. We're coming down to the last, say, three weeks of our workshop, and I'd be interested in how that interaction and that conversation has impacted what you're doing. I, I came here with, with, with the Feminist uh, Resistance Project, and I'm, I'm trying to finish that too. But the most important part from, from, from the meeting here is that the ability to voice your own, but at the same time to receive all ideas that are uh, articulated by scholars in their own field. And that is very, very important. I, I, was, I was working just on title. I like sexy title for my project. <laughs> but, uh, and and, and I, I, I benefit from, from each conversation I've had. Um, why? Because each scholar would, would, would think from his, her own perspective. And, and, and we would debate on, oh, if, it is, if, if the title is this, then the, the implication would be that. That kind of discussion is, is interesting, even just to talk about two lines. Uh, I guess that's the scholarly part. But most importantly is the collegial part. Um, 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 you, you, you know, the CTI put together a program and um, bring scholars from all over the world. Uh, I'm Muslim. Uh, 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 my colleagues are Christians and, 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 and Jews. And we, we get along fine. Uh, what does it mean if, if we are educated enough about religion, um, then we are able to, to, to see similarities and differences. Perhaps that is the key to, to understanding religion. Uh, uh, it is important for all of us to, to understand what it is and why it is important for people. That's a beautiful note to end on, Eaton, and I want to thank you for being in this podcast and for being part of this, this workshop. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Thank you. To learn more about CTI, visit our website at ctinquiry.org and follow our pages on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and leave us a review.